0: Hello everybody, welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church as we continue on in a series we're doing called Developing a Disciple's Heart and uh, you should know it well by now. We're in over half a year and uh, like I said, we're we're heading towards the end. I think I can finish it in five or six more Uh, and uh, we spent this much time on it because my hope is that it will change us all that at the end of it we'll have a a desire to spend more time connected to God. We're just trying to carve out really 15 or 20 minutes uh, in the the early part of your day to make a strong connection with God that will carry you through the day as His disciples. And that apart from that connection, it's very easy for us to get distracted and sidetracked, but if we can get a good solid connection with God early in the day, it will change the way that you go through the day. Which will allow you to experience life in a much better way. The life of a disciple is the best life there is. There's nothing better. There's nothing better. The, the, the world offers nothing better. The culture offers nothing better. The life of a disciple is where the life we were created for is found. And we've said, you know, there's it's really... Simple things, it's about loving God, and loving others, and loving ourselves, and that all of this stuff we're talking about throughout this whole series is to help us do that. We, we've broken this thing into seven sections I have, it's called it a primer, and it's, it's really seven uh, sort of ideas and chunks of scripture to help us love God, love others, and love ourselves. The first three that we talked about, we're talking all about, we talked about getting focused, getting thankful, and getting connected. And that this has to do with the way that we love God and, and get connected to Him and focused on Him and realize how amazing He is. And then the, the second set of three um, are, are all about getting dressed, getting encouraging, and then getting it done, get her done. And we're, we're in the middle of those right now. We're talking about getting encouraging. The last section we're going to do is get her done again, but with a question mark added. It's a reflection um, that we can use hopefully at the end of the day to see how we did and And that will help us to love ourselves well, to see what we did well, what what opportunities we missed, how we can do it better, and we approach it again the next day that with that in mind, everything begins to change and my my hope, my sincere hope is that you 'll embrace it um, over time and that it will it will change the way you approach the life of a Christian, the Christian life as a disciple that um, we we have to nurture our relationship with God. So many things in life now are push button and come at us. We hit a button and it just starts coming at us. But our relationship with God isn't like that. We have to we have to cultivate it. We have to we have to hang out with Him. We have to listen. We have to talk. We have to be ready to to move during the day because that's where we find life. We we rarely find life in our established. Um, patterns and habits um, that, that just keep us busy in the world. We, we find life in the, the habits and patterns that we establish in hanging out with Him. And so we're just trying to put some good stuff uh, in all of our lives that replaces some stuff that may not have been so good. So, you know, like uh, if you have a habit where the first thing you do every day is you wake up and you pop on the television and they have one of the morning shows, you know, greeting you in the morning, let's change that habit with something better. Because, and you can get back to that. I'm not saying don't ever do it. I'm just saying don't let that how you start things out. Um, let's let's start with something different. Whatever those little habits are that we have in life, let's let's change them a little bit. You know, if your habit is to sleep till the very last second before you get on the on the way, let's change that habit. 20 minutes. What does it take to get 20 minutes? Go to bed 20 minutes early. So we have to break that habit back there. You know what I mean? What's keeping you up longer than you need to be awake? Uh, um. And then hopefully, you know, for some of you, you get to be my age. That's not an issue anymore. Nine o'clock, I'm going to bed. I don't care what's happening. <laughs> I literally can't do much about it anymore. Maybe 10. Ten's like a late night. Really? We're staying up till 10? <laughs> really? Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm not going to make it. So uh, it's just making some subtle changes. I'm not trying to put anything on you without making some room for it. But uh, the the promise is really, if you'll take it on, I, and I make it as a promise, your life will change for the better. I don't make like make the promise. Your life will change for the better. There's no doubt about it. It will be. You'll look back on it as a, a really good change in your life. So we're spending a lot of time um, working on those things. We're talking right now about getting encouraging. We're looking at the verses in 1 Corinthians thirteen, four through 8, the love verses, and, and that these help us to sort of filter um, the things that we need to do in life. And I've said if we could run everything by this filter, we'd, we'd do a lot better in the, the way that we approach life. And it talks about what love is. And we, we started talking about the fact that love is patient in First Corinthians 13, 4. And uh, uh, in that discussion, I just want to bring it up again. We talked about the importance of living as adjectives in his story where he's the noun. That That's part of, a, it's one of the secrets to life, if you would, that we're not nouns, we're adjectives. We were created to be adjectives, and living as adjectives is where we find lives, find real life. He's the noun in the story that we live in. But our struggle comes because we, we keep thinking we're nouns, and we try and live as a noun when we were created to live as an adjective. So if that illustration helps, it helps me all the time, because I know when I'm being the big noun in my story, I'm off track. Um, my my life has to describe Him, or I'm not living the life I was called to. Well, then we looked at 1 thir- Corinthians 13.5. We talked about love being kind and all that that means to us and how important it is for us to be a kind people. That the world is looking for people that display real kindness. That we're, uh, we're, we're moving in those directions all the time. Today, we're going to dig into 1 Corinthians 13.6-8. Um, and we're going to look at these verses and see how they point us um, in, in the direction of the one who makes loving the way he calls us to possible. And that how they really help us to get our eyes on Jesus is where they need to be. But before we dig in, I thought I had a few thoughts. My thoughts last week just didn't work at all. So I went back and came up with some new thoughts. And actually, uh, I changed them before Sunday because that's how bad they were last week, so I apologize. But maybe I did better this week. Let's see. Did you hear about the two silkworms who were in a race? They ended up in a tie. If you didn't get it, have someone explain it to you. That just happened in several instances. Good. A woman, a woman had twins and, and had to give them up for adoption. One of them went to a family in Egypt and was named Amal. Amal. And the other went to a family in Spain, and they named him Juan. Years later, Juan tracked down his birth mother and and found out where she lived and sent a picture of himself so that she could see it. And she received the picture, and she was just really blessed. And she said to her husband, oh, man, I just wish that I had a picture of all as well. And her husband said, "Uh, listen, honey, they're twins. If you've seen Juan, you've seen them all. This one was right on the edge. Tell me what you think. A Sunday school teacher asked, who can tell me what Easter means? And a little boy raised his hand and said, that's when Jesus was crucified and buried and was raised from the dead on the third day. The teacher was impressed until the youngster then added, and if he sees his shadow, there'll be six more weeks of winter. I thought that bordered on sacrilege. I wasn't sure. (laughs) Okay, here's the scripture reading. I know you're glad. Proverbs 3, 5 through 7, out of the message paraphrase. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. Run to God and run from evil. And blessed be the word of the Lord. So just like verses 4 and 5 of 1 Corinthians 13 kind of fit together and explain to each other, so do verses 6 through 8. And uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 6-8 says this, Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. We're going to dig into that today. And uh, hopefully that's going to help us love well, like Jesus loves. Point number one, love rejoices with the truth. Love doesn't delight in evil, but it rejoices with the truth. Evil is that which is opposed to God and his purposes. It's harmful and it's non productive. It's, uh, to simplify it, it's choosing not to do the next right thing. And it's always a choice that's presented to us. When we move off course, as we talk about when we give into temptation, we're delighting in evil. That's what happens. It's, 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 it's off track, it's off of what happens. And it's a part of our sin nature, our proclivity is sometimes to move towards sin, but God and and the Holy Spirit of God in us will help us if we'll yield ourselves to Him. So, But our heart and, and our motivation for doing the next right thing instead of delighting in evil comes from rejoicing with the truth. And for us as believers, the truth is more than an ideal. It's actually personified in Christ. As believers, truth is personified in Christ. John 1.17 For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. John 14.6 Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am the truth. Jesus is truth. And so, so more than just an ideal, Jesus is truth. There is a truth, and, and, and it's, it's Christ. He is truth. And so, the, this understanding then is what helps us. The only way that we can even hope to love the way that He's called to and live by trying to do the next right thing is getting our eyes focused on Him and, and realizing that our lives are all about Him. We're His disciples. Making this, this shift in our lives to allow Him to be the, the one that we're following, to get our focus from Him, to, um, to be the center of our lives so that we can then experience the love that's expressed in verses 7 and 8. And that love is expressed this way in point number 2, as a love that never fails. A love that never fails. Which is an amazing concept. And Paul defines it for us in verse 7. And he defines this by telling us what unfailing love does. 1 Corinthians thirteen seven. Unfailing love always protects. Unfailing love always trusts. Unfailing love always hopes. And unfailing love always perseveres. Now, to, to begin to grasp this, you need to know that this is the type of love that's expressed to us in Christ and through Jesus. And as we begin to experience and, and recognize this love for us by Him... Uh, we can then begin to love others in this same way. And so let's talk a little bit about how he loves us with this unfailing love. How he loves us. How he loves us. A, unfailing love always protects. Always protects. 2 Thessalonians 3.3 But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. So there's good news, the Lord protects us from the evil one. God is protective over you. He doesn't want you to be harmed by the enemy. He is always there with us and for us. And, and as we've discussed, when temptation comes, when those opportunities come to make wrong choices, He's always there to make us and help us choose uh, a way out. He always provides a way out if we'll just look for it in our lives, always. So whenever that choice comes and it happens a lot during the day and there's a choice to do not right and the choice to do the next right thing um, God always is there for you to help you choose to do the right thing. Remember the temptation prayer that I taught you all? If not, we'll review because it's time. Very amazing prayer. It's just this. Help! He always responds to that prayer. Always. He promises. But sometimes we forget to ask. But that's it. You, you don't need to. That's, everybody can memorize that prayer. Help. And he will. He'll help us in the middle of those things. He always makes a way out. So real love is a protective love. It's a, it's a love that protects. And because he protects us, he wants us to learn to love like that as well. That when you love people, you protect them. You don't want to see harm come to them. Um, the, the, the word of God. That, that God gives us, the Bible is there to help us. It's because he loves us and wants to protect us. The things that he, uh, very few things really the Bible says no to, but the things that are no are there to protect us. Not because he doesn't want us to enjoy life, because he wants us to enjoy life. It's the culture that's twisted that. So we need to be aware of that in the process. Point B, unfailing love always trusts. Always trust. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. So, um, as the reality of living in the truth, of living in Christ, begins to take hold in our lives, what we should begin to comprehend is that He is way better at taking care of us than we are. And, And so, we need to learn that we can trust Him. He's, he's not this big meanie that some people have God pictured out to be who's always just kind of watching, looking for you to mess up so he can sort of squash you. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to, to prosper. And, and you need to know that when we do mess up, and this is important, that you really know this. Because you will mess up. You need to know that when you do mess up, make a bad choice. Choose not to do the next right thing. That you can always... Run back to God. Always. Always and always and always. There's, there's never a, a, an issue where you can't run back to God. doesn't matter how many times you've messed up. doesn't matter how long you've been stuck. It doesn't matter. You run back to God. You need to know God as a God who forgives you. Because if you don't know God that way, you won't go to Him. You just won't. It's an amazing attribute of God. This, this, uh, this whole idea of forgiveness but He wants us to know that we can trust Him. It's, it goes beyond any human understanding. You would never continue to do it in your human strength, but God is God. Do we take advantage of it? Well, no, that's not the idea. If our hearts are right, we don't want to take advantage of it. I've told you that. When our, when our hearts are, 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 are touched by Him in a way that, that we just want to live for Him, we don't want to continue to do it our way. We want to do it His way, but we'll fall short. What we need to know, though, is that we, we stop. We turn and we go running back to Him. You've heard me say this, but it's been a few weeks since I've said it. That's Your picture of God needs to be one where you understand God is the one who grabs you and hugs you and loves you and tells you it's going to be okay and tells you that you're forgiven and that you get a clean start. Brand new, brand new, brand new start every time. And then He says, now go and do the next right thing. And I'll be with you. I'm, I'm with you. My Spirit's in you. Do the next right thing. And I love you so much, and I'm proud of you. I want you to do the next right thing. I want you to have a great life. I want you to be blessed. I want you to prosper. I want you to experience life to the full, now and forever. See, that's the the heart of God, the Word of God for you. That's, That's Him stirring in you so that you know you can always run back to Him. He's a loving Daddy, and because of that, you can trust Him. If you don't have a good dad image, I'm sorry, but we have to to move past that now and get a a picture of a father who loves you perfectly in an unfailing, unconditional way and he always will. He loves you. That's the forgiveness of God. And as you get it, see, then you can trust him to know that he's always going to take care of you. He's got you. He he, he wants you to do it his way because you can trust him and that's where life is found. This unfailing love, point C, always hopes. It always hopes. Hope and trust uh, are linked together. Hope is a trustful expectation, particularly when it comes to the fulfilling of God's promises. We've learned to trust God, and we begin to understand that His promises are real, and that we can trust in His promises. The promises He's given us of life with Him now and forever. The promises of him being with us, of of taking care of us, all those promises are real. Worldly hope is based on a feeling that what somebody wants is going to happen. Biblical hope is more than a feeling. Biblical hope is a confidence that what God has done for us in the past guarantees our participation in what God will do in the future. See, our hope is founded on something more than a feeling. Our hope is founded in something that's been proven to us in the fact that God keeps His promises. And we have instances in our lives where we can see His promises kept. We have instances in the Scripture where we can see that what He said He was going to do, He's done. And so we know what's left to be done, He's going to do because He's always done what He said He would do. So we rest. We we know that He's coming back for us because He said He would. Because we knew He said He was coming the first time. And He did set things in motion. So now we know we can put our hope in him. Hebrews 10.23 Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. So so as we understand that God's love for us protects us it allows us to trust and hope in him the result then is that we can persevere in this life of love regardless of the situations that we experience in life. Because in him there's always a bigger picture. There's always more to life if we can get a picture of it from the throne room of God, which is how we started all of this series. That's why it's so important. See, there's a the life is bigger than we sometimes allow ourselves to understand. Our perspective can get really narrow when we're being the nouns in our own stories. But life is bigger. And there's always more to the story. Unfailing love, point D, always perseveres. It always perseveres. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. 3. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary. And lose heart. We fix our eyes on Jesus. Knowing this unfailing love he has for us. Realizing all he went through. So that we could experience this love. And then what that does is it causes us to choose to rejoice in the truth. By trying to do the next right thing. Instead of delighting in evil. By not doing the next right thing. See it, it all ties back in together. He has this amazing love for us that touches us and should change us. And that our response is that we want to live for Him. And then because He he just won't be outgiven, He pours out life upon us now and forever. Real life, abundant life, no better life is ours to have when when we give our lives to Him. Because of the love that He has for us and we respond to that love. And then as we do, these things should begin to move into our own relationships. When we love someone, that love should protect them. It should never want to take advantage of them or manipulate them or guilt them into anything. It should want to see the very best for them. It should want to see them, uh, you know, in amazing ways experience life. And whatever that looks like. It should never be a selfish thing. What about me? What about me? It should be a protective love. It should be a love that that learns to trust. When when it should be a love that's filled with hope. It, it should be a love that perseveres, an unfailing love, and begins to to work through us. To have hope for others. To 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 hope that uh, to help people learn to trust in who God is, and to persevere in the things that we can persevere in. And and, and then we just get our eyes fixed on Jesus. We we. Get that sin that wants to tangle us up untangled by doing the next right thing. We follow after him with our eyes on him, experiencing life in amazing ways. So that's what his love looks like. And that's the filter of what we're supposed to do and what it looks like. Love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It isn't rude. It isn't proud. It, is, you know, it isn't self-seeking. Hang on. It isn't easily angered. It doesn't keep record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth, always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. That's the filter we process through and it'll help you experience life, love others well and make a difference. So we're going to finish it there for today. Uh, If you're watching on television or on video, thank you so much for spending some time with us. We know how valuable your time is and we appreciate you spending it with us. If there's anything that we can pray for you, visit our website and send us a prayer request and we'd be happy to do just that. And uh, thanks again for spending time with us. We'll see you soon.